More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me are two, yes, two of my favorite ladies, the uh, one and only Ariel. Hi. And the one and only Matilda. Hi. Happy Halloween, (laughs) y'all. It's spooky time. Yeah, so we're traveling through time and space, and when this drops, it will be Halloween. (laughs) 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 So we're going to do something a little bit different this time. Since it's our, you know, Halloween special, we're going to be covering 18, yes, 18 horror shorts for you from the Huluween, Huluween, See, it's clever. I see what <laughs> um, <laughs> series Bite Size Halloween on Hulu. And we're covering it because we love anthologies. And also, uh, there are a lot of women directors in this season's list, which we're very excited about. And they're ones that we're excited to see, you know, what they do next. You know, the, hopefully this is just the first time that we're going to be mentioning all of them. And so we wanted to highlight them for you. We're going to do these kind of like in the spirit of the shorts. We're going to just do little bite-sized reviews of each of these segments after a really quick background for each of them. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds great. So like I said, this is coming out on Halloween. So of course I'm wondering what your guys' Halloween plans are this year. Matilda. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Let's start with you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be up in these little forest islands off of Washington State for Halloween this year. And there's a little artist town close to where I'm going to be. So we'll probably go downtown and see what's going on if there's like a kid's parade or that kind of thing. Or just, you know, if things are done up for Halloween. Mm. But then the house that we rented also has one of those home theaters with a big screen and little and barca loungers in it. Cool. So we are currently debating which DVDs to bring with us to watch. Oh. On Halloween. And we haven't come to any conclusions yet. But Do you have any front runners? Not, not even, no. <laughs> okay. So, like, you really haven't come to a conclusion. We really haven't come to a conclusion. Yeah. We're, but we're just excited to be cozy and in a like cabin in the woods on Halloween. Perfect. It definitely doesn't sound like the beginning of a horror movie. Ariel, totally. what have you got planned? <laughs> Well, I have plans that are far, far less interesting. Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, I've been forced back into quarantine. Oh. And Mm. I'm not allowed to see other human beings. (laughs) So I will be doing a horror marathon of some sort, I'm sure. Just watching horror movies all day long. That's my plan. And gorging myself on candy. So I have a a suggestion of something you can do. Oh, okay. Remember I got you that scary cookbook? Oh, I could bake all day. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Why don't you make some right. awesome creepy treats and take pictures that and send them is to me because I can't eat idea. them. So I want to look at them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I did make the spider buns last year, so I should pick something new. Mm, yeah. I support this decision that I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I'm going to just be back from being up in the the redwoods, up in the woods, but I we have been redoing my backyard i'm sure everybody's sick of hearing about this but there's context for why i'm talking about (laughs) it again but basically we are turning our backyard into a scary movie theater for the night so we have some friends coming over and we're gonna socially distance and watch a scary movie and eat lots of disgusting sweet treats 
and I cannot wait. That like <laughs> I, a again, like you, I don't know what we're going to watch though. But yeah, if you ladies think of anything, it would be a good crowd pleaser. I'm tempted to just throw Malignant on just to torture one of our guests. <gasps> oh my gosh, you should. <laughs> <laughs> because they hated it. Oh. <laughs> but I like it. But yeah, like, and I thought about maybe the new Halloween, but I don't know about that. So yeah. I don't know. I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I actually anyway. think anthologies are kind of fun for something like that. Yeah. Like ones that are shorter because then you can watch a couple, take a break. That's not a bad Watch a idea. couple, take a break and talk about it. And and if then Ooh. then if somebody doesn't like it, it's over fast too, right? There's always yeah. the next one, which is the best yeah, part of anthologies. You could do the Mortuary Collection. You love that one. Oh, that's true. That is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just like to watch people to react to that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the Mortuary Collection yet? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know what I'm That's a great one. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. I say we get into these reviews. But before we do, Ariel, what is our spoiler policy for this episode? All right, guys. So for this special episode, we're just going to be spoiling everything. A lot of times we tell you our overall thoughts to begin with before we start spoiling stuff. But not this time. We're going to get right into the meat of it. Yeah. So now you know. <laughs> <laughs> If you're worried about any of them, they're on Hulu. They're pretty short and fun. So check them out. It'll yeah. only take you a second to push pause and go watch it. I was a little worried when I was like, okay, I just signed myself up to watch 18 right. shorts. But it's really and the then they're like, boom, 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 boom. But yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, this is going to be a breeze. This, <laughs> yeah. You could absolutely just sit down and watch this on Halloween all in one go. Even though 18 sounds intimidating, it's actually kind of perfect viewing length. Yeah, I think it takes under two hours to watch it all does. of them. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, y'all, let's talk about Appendage, which is the first short in the Hulu bite-sized Halloween series. All right, so Appendage is written and directed by Anna Slokovic. This is her ninth short film, six of which she also wrote the scripts for. Yeah, and she is actually set to direct her debut feature film, The Deadening, in 2022, which is really exciting. I don't actually know what it's about. I couldn't find out, but from the title, I feel like it's probably horror and yeah has, that's gotta be right, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> it has studio and production partners so i think that's going to mean that she's going to get a decent budget for it so that's exciting too Ooh, all right Zanna, get it so this one is about a young fashion designer who must make the best of it when her anxiety and self-doubt physically manifest into something horrific <laughs> <laughs> this is not what i expected it was going to be even with that description i, I know like, me neither <laughs> Speaking of malignant. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's start with you, uh, Matilda. What did you think of Appendage? I mean, I am always here for a little body horror, especially if uh-huh. there's something that is both gross and a little silly. Yes. And so this was perfect for me. <laughs> I was so into it. And because it's the first short, I was like, well, I'm I'm here for two hours. Yeah, thank you for you pulled me right in with this one. And Eric Roberts being recognizable in this, he's really actually pretty great. I was wondering if his ear cuff qualifies as gross or uh, what did you say? Gross silly, or, gross or silly? Mm, I'm gonna go silly on the ear cuff. <laughs> yeah, what did you all think? I agree. This is a great opener. It's just so weird. It's so awesomely weird. I loved the puppetry. I loved the kind of message about cutting away self 
freaked out. It was weirdly empowering while being super gross and strange and silly and yeah. fun. It reminded me a lot of one of my favorite episodes of Ted versus the Book of Pure Evil. Do you remember the homunculus oh, episode? Oh, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. This one is, I mean, this one alone is kind of worth sitting down for the collection, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very strong opener. It is so much fun and it's so silly and it has that basket case quality of the puppetry. Yes. <laughs> And and it also is a little gruesome. I mean, when she cut it away, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh. And I also love the ending. I think the ending is so ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> and yes. silly when she sort of lifts up and talks to the newly growing baby appendage. Yeah. That cracked me up. It cracked I, me up so much. I was expecting a tentacle. I was not <laughs> expecting what we got. Right? <laughs> super, super fun. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, let's talk about the second short. Yeah, so the second one is called Poppet, and it is directed by Tommy Bertelson, who also co-wrote it. So he is actually an actor who was in movies like Ed Wood, Karina Karina, and in the show Seventh Heaven, if you remember oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then in 2017, he actually directed his first feature-length film called Feed, which was written by Troy and Belisario, who also starred in it. And she is the co-writer and lead for this short mm-hmm. film, too. And mm-hmm. people probably remember her from Pretty Little Liars. Yes. <laughs> She's also <laughs> in the Martyrs remake, but I think people mostly know her from I would imagine. Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. And this one is about a grieving couple who explores a mysterious method of keeping their baby's spirit alive. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Ariel, what did you think of this one? This is a weird one. Uh-huh. I really enjoyed the reveal of it. Yeah. But I feel, I don't know, this one didn't hit me quite as well as some of the other ones. I think the pacing is a little odd in the beginning. But the reveal of having a full-sized woman puppet coming out of this closet is pretty great. So I will definitely give it that. I think I, I really liked this one, actually. I think the design of all of the puppets that we see are really creepy. And I think the acting in this, because it actually has a really intense emotional underpinning, is That's pretty true. solid. Mm-hmm. I liked the atmosphere and it felt very mysterious. And it felt like, and this is something I'm going to say a lot of times, so I'm just putting this out here now. A lot of times shorts are proofs of concept. And I felt like when the credits rolled on this, I was like, more please i would like to go further into where we're going with this right Mm -hmm. yeah this was one of my favorites of the collection i think for the reasons that you're talking about it's beautiful it's really effective Mm -hmm. and i was genuinely surprised how good the acting was and how much i could feel about what was happening and the grief for these two people Mm -hmm. in such a short amount of time that we spend with them Yeah, that's true. You really do get a sense of just how hurt they both are. Yeah. How much pain they're in. Yeah. Yeah. And you can almost see their hearts leaping out of their chest when the, you know, with with the grief of their loss. So I thought this one was super effective, both in a horror way and an emotional way. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And the the sort of use of reverse footage is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. Two back to back. I loved Appendage and I really loved Poppet. And I was like, oh, oh, we're in for some good stuff here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
All right, cool. Well, let's move on and talk about the third short in Hulu's Bite Size Halloween series, Omi. Yeah, so Omi was directed and co-written by Kelly Fife Marshall. She actually labels herself as an Afro-diasporic impact filmmaker and says that she uses film to change perspectives, create healing, and share powerful stories, which I think you even get a sense of in this Mm -hmm. short. Uh She is best known for her 2020 two-part short film called Black Bodies, which won the Changemaker Award at the 2020 Toronto International Film Festival. And she is now in development for her debut feature film called When Morning Comes. But I'm not sure what that one's about. No information so far. Well, it sounds really cool. I Did you guys end up Googling this at all? Because I was like, I need to know more about this. No. no. So I looked it up. And the only thing I could find was that Omi is the word for water in oh, Nigeria. Okay. Oh, hmm. interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's in the, it's water in the Yoruba language. So I don't know. I, I thought this was a cool little bite size, weird tale. I mean, there's, there's not much to it in terms of long narrative. It's much more of a mood piece, I think. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But I, I did kind of like, it felt like a little bit of a, you know, ladies of the lake kind of story. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's interesting. I, I also got, of course, us vibes yes, a little bit. very much. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Tilly? Yeah, like you're saying, this is much more of a mood piece. And so I can't say Mm -hmm. that I totally understand what the through line is or the plot is, but I wanted to spend a lot of time in this universe. Right. Where are they going? What are they going? Where are they going? (laughs) They don't need to say anything. Like, I'm really interested in how this looks. And even the sound of the water in this one is great. I just, I really liked it. Yeah, I I really liked this one, too, a lot, because even though I don't know that I completely understand what the filmmaker was thinking, it is so unsettling. Yes, it's effectively unsettling. Yeah, because when the kid falls into the water on this little fishing trip, I was genuinely, like, scared for him, and you see the dad is freaked out, and then when he pulls out a girl, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, fuck, (laughs) what are we doing here? (laughs) And then when he gets tossed in the water, and up comes a woman, and then they go off silently, it instantly reminded me of us, just like you were saying. It has that unsettling quality of people being replaced by other people from down below kind of deal, just like us, but... Yeah, I was just so creeped out by it that I almost didn't even need more information because it it effectively did what I wanted it to do and what I'm sure the filmmaker intended it to do. But Mm -hmm. it did make me want to see something longer from her, definitely. For sure. Mm -hmm. The little girl's eyes when she's just staring at him in the boat are so haunting. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just so creepy. Yeah, all the actors in this are great. It's a little bit of a punctuation of a movie, you know? There isn't really a lot of narrative. It's just about it's just about that last beat. And it does like and then the credits roll and you're like, bah! (laughs) 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 Which I think is really effective. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. It's great. Awesome. Let's move on to the fourth short, which is Control. And uh, just saying that is making me itchy. (laughs) (laughs) So so Control is written and directed by Shao Go. He has written and directed many short films and documentary shorts, including the award-winning experimental docu-short about solitary confinement. And that one actually looks really interesting. I kind of want to check out his work now. 
He also regularly works with progressive politicians and has created mm. commercials and content for clients like Bernie Sanders and the ACLU. So go, go, like go, Sean. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this one is about a neurologist recounting the story of one woman's uncontrollable urge to itch herself. (laughs) 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 Yeah. uh, If part of horror is storytelling and the other part is creating a reaction, (laughs) this one is wildly successful because (laughs) it made me so freaking itchy, you guys. Like the whole time, I was even just thinking about it. I'm just finding places on my body that are itchy. I was scratching my hair. I was scratching my body. (laughs) When they're Mm. showing just the ant crawling along her... Oh, oh God, Mm. I'm itching. I'm itching. (laughs) (laughs) When... She goes to the hospital finally, and the nurse goes to peel back that cloth, and the camera mm-hmm. cuts away, and the nurse is just shocked. I was like, oh, shit. Right? You're like, is it Gabriel? Is it Gabriel? <laughs> I was going to say this. You know, I feel really bad for this filmmaker that Malignant came out. Yeah, that's true. Because I kind of went there. Yeah, it's it's so creepy. And when you finally do get the shot of the quick shot of the brain... And you uh-huh. find out that she has been scratching so hard for so long that she broke through her skull. Oh, <laughs> just him saying that is so upsetting. It's <laughs> so upsetting. Just the, the super cut of all the different things she's done to try to prevent herself yeah. from scratching and how it hasn't stopped her. There, It's so effective. <laughs> so yes, effective. Yes. And the way she has to tie herself up at the end. And hopefully that works. Nothing Ugh. else did. Yeah. 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 How about you, Tilly? Yeah. You know, I love this kind of uncomfortable horror, but this mm-hmm. actually pushed the limits of. Really? Oh, oh, wow. It pushed my limits a little bit in a good way. Yeah. Like in a way that, you know, there's there's often body horror stuff where everyone is turning away from the camera and I'm like Colin Robinson, eyes lit. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this one, this one, I mean, I think it speaks to how effective it is that I was even with that that ant, the bug crawling kind of stuff. And oh, and just the thought of repetitive, repetitive, repetitive kind of compulsive going right. back to the same spot is pretty disturbing. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying not to scratch myself right now so that it does, the mic doesn't pick it up. <laughs> all I want to do is itch now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this is a very effective short. I mean, as we're going through these, there's a lot of different things that these things go for. This mm-hmm. one is the one that is the most, like I had the most physical reaction mm-hmm. to by far. Even when things were gross or made me jump or whatever. This one from the beginning to end and after the after the fact, it's been haunting me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think part of that, too, is the actor that plays the woman in it. You can tell just how distraught she is this whole time, but she mm-hmm. still can't stop herself. Mm-hmm. <gasps> <gasps> so good. Another good one. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the fifth short. I'm so excited to get into this one because it is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it, Ariel. All right. So Unicorn is directed by Matt Porter and it is co-written by him and Charles Gould, who also stars in the short and Uh he himself plays a bisexual character and is bisexual. Nice. Matt Porter has written and directed a bunch of short films in the past, as well as a documentary, and was a longtime director on the Chris Gethard show. Oh, okay. So Unicorn is about a bisexual man who meets an attractive couple to explore the possibility of life as a unicorn, 
a drama-free, emotionally non-threatening third. Oh, <laughs> All right. Tilly, you go first this time. What'd you think of Unicorn? Well, this is the, I love this one. This is the one that I had kind of pulled out and said, if you watch nothing else in this series, please watch this. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's just, it's so clever. And the couple with their do what you love thing on the wall. Is oh my so, God. They're kind of Instagrammable. Ugh, Everything the good vibes only over the bed. I fucking died. <laughs> I died. You know, it's cute and sweet, and their fight about the YouTube tutorial. Oh my god, oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> Eight minutes. <laughs> Just everybody is having a great time in this, and Charles Gold, the main actor, is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's great. His physical comedy is pretty amazing in this. And when the demon finally comes out, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's so perfect and so funny. And when he uses the safe word and the demon <laughs> respects it, oh, it <laughs> cracked, cracked me up so much. It's so funny. And you're right, there is a sweetness to this too. Even though obviously what they're doing is super shitty, (laughs) there's a sweetness to all of it. And there's something just sort of cute and adorable. And I really love the very last shot of this where the main character comes out wearing just his underwear and socks and carrying this cheese board that they sent him (laughs) home (laughs) after they tried to kill him in like a satanic ritual. (laughs) And he just sort of awkwardly is looking for his car, pressing the button on his keys because he can't remember where he parked. (laughs) Yes. It's so funny. And I feel like it gets it the way that in order to have sexy play, sometimes you have to suspend this immense feeling of corniness. Yes. Yeah. Right. But it kind of lets you feel that corniness, like when he's tied up, but he's actually tied up to some kind of weird, (laughs) elaborate, decorative ladder with (laughs) vines around it that he just has to carry down the hall with him then when he's like, (laughs) I just loved it. Yeah, Yeah. Or just the awkwardness where, you know, he's on the bed with his back up and then he realizes that they're not there but he's just sort of laying there waiting for something to start and it doesn't he's kind of like looking around and it's so it's so awkward in such a funny cute way yeah i also i mean obviously it is over the top because they're literally summoning a demon who wants his time magazine with ellen (laughs) but i do think there's something about the post activity awkwardness that this thing gets yes yes (laughs) well they're just like um yeah so uh yeah you can go you know take some food we we have a lot of food (laughs) it kind of follows a very realistic trajectory but with these weird supernatural kind of overtones (laughs) and there's just so many great lines in this i think that's the other thing there's great physical comedy but the writing comedic writing in this is fucking hilarious like the premature blood The oh gosh, blood that spray. was so funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I have low platelets. <laughs> it just sprays out of him. <laughs> yeah, I giggled a lot throughout this entire thing, and the person I was watching it with was beside themselves. They were <laughs> oh, <I bet>. dying. <laughs> so this is a crowd pleaser. Again, there's a handful of really amazing shorts in this, and I don't know if this one is. There's one or two that are competing, but this might be my favorite one of them. Yeah, I agree. I love it. Mm -hmm. Me too. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about the six short Kageboshi. All right, so this one is directed and co-written by Ken Ochai. 
He is originally from Japan and then came to the U.S. to study film. He's made more than 30 short films and Whoa. music videos and three feature-length films in Japan. And he recently received the Young Alumni Award from the USC Asian Pacific Alumni Association in recognition of his achievements in filmmaking. Nope. Yeah. I'm not surprised having seen this because it yeah. looks great. Me too. Mm-hmm. So this one is set in the 1930s and it's about a Japanese American father and daughter who must play a deadly game of shadow tag to escape from a demon child, Kageboshi. What did you think of this one, Ariel? I really liked this one a lot. Mm-hmm. I think this one is kind of what you were saying when we were talking about another one of the shorts where it's sort of a great setup for a movie and I wish I could see the entire film yes. because I think that we have something so creepy and cool here. This shadow game, I'd never seen something quite like that before. Mm-hmm. It was very creepy, especially because it's a little girl playing. And then you have this beautiful emotional relationship between her and her father who sacrifices himself for her. So right. yeah, I thought this one was great. I agree with you. A proof of concept is exactly what I wrote. And I said, like, James Wan, Jason Bloom, produce this one. I'm ready. It made me think a little bit of a twist on the Lights Out film. Oh, uh uh-huh. Okay, I can see that. But what I love about this one is instead of being like, stay in the light, stay in the light, you need to stay out of the light because the light creates shadows. And so it makes the places that feel safe unsafe. Which I thought was a really cool twist. Yeah, the idea that you have to be in the dark to be safe when the dark is also so scary makes it more terrifying. Right. And I, you know, I'm here for a period piece and I'm ready to be in 1930s Japan right now. (laughs) Show me, show me that world. I would like to put it in my eyeballs. Mm -hmm. How about you, Tilly? What did you think of this one? I agree with everything that both of you said. And, you know, nothing is creepier than a little nursery rhyme. Yes. About a boogeyman, and this is really good. And when that light appears, yes, the floating light is mm -hmm. so creepy. Yeah, this thing (laughs) looks great, it's beautiful. And this actor is this child actor is great, yeah, which I know we've talked about a lot. Is not always the case with child actors, kind of unusual. This this kid is great, yeah. I love the way that this that Kagaboshi moves, the way it moves through the the curtains, which at first, you know, you think, oh, that's like a cool effect, whatever. But it actually fits, you learn it kind of fits in with the mythology, right? Because it's moving right. from light source to light source. I don't know. It, it looks creepy. And then when you realize that, that's, that it actually makes sense, it's really just good, interesting writing. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I, I didn't look it up and I probably should have. I don't know if this is based on any real mythology, but pretty cool. It's nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah, 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 no, that part of it's really great. And again, I just love the scene where the dad sacrifices himself, the way he steps behind her so yeah. that his shadow is cast over the top of hers yeah. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Awesome. Another winner. All yeah. right. Let's move on to the seventh short, Occupational Hazard. Tilly, tell me about this movie. So this one is both written and directed by a woman named Ursula Ellis, who is an Appalachian filmmaker living in L.A. Oh. And she has made various shorts that have mostly been on the kind of science fiction or near future side of the genre. But both she and Victoria Rivera, who we're going to talk about in a few minutes, is also in this collection. Both of them recently graduated from the Columbia Film School. Oh, wow. Mm. So Ursula Ellis talks about how she's really interested in a sense of memory and place in her films. So she grew up as an army kid. So she was born in Germany, but she mostly lived in Oklahoma and Alabama. 
Oh, wow. As a kid. And like I said, now lives in LA. So this movie is set in West Virginia. And the plot is that while working deep in a West Virginia coal mine, Diana is exposed to a mysterious gas that seeps into her everyday life. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so I have an alternate title for this. Okay. I think it should be called Colorado SpaceX. <laughs> <laughs> Because she looks like Sissy Spacek. Colorado Spacek. Come on! That's solid! It's a good one. Okay, thank you. It's a good one. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I really love the body horror in this. Yeah. Coughing up the green stuff. Now, as someone who is an asthmatic, so who has spent many a year, you know, a winter with bronchitis and also living through a pandemic with a lot of lung anxiety involved, Mm -hmm. watching her cough up that substance just hit me right in the like scare bone that's not mm, a thing yeah but <laughs> it was my experience <laughs> like that just hits really close to home mm-hmm. so the body horror part of that was really cool and then also the reveal in the bathtub at the end is real creepy yeah real good a real good at prosthetics right there <laughs> yeah how about how about you, Matilda? What did you think of this one? I liked this one a lot. This is in my top group okay. for the whole series. Yeah. I think I really loved reading about her and knowing that she's an Appalachian filmmaker. I yes. think that that yeah. is an area of the country that, unfortunately, horror producers and directors have previously projected things onto that area yes. of the country. Uh-huh. And so I really appreciate someone from there kind of yeah. being like, this is a labor there's labor injustice in this area of the country and kind of playing with mm-hmm. that. Some of the special effects were uh, reminded me a little bit more of things in the 70s and 80s in a way that I liked. Like the fact that everything is bright green mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the kind of vapor that comes out of her at times and the things she yeah. coughs up. Everything being bright green re- reminded me of nuclear panic in the 70s and 80s in a way that I totally appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. Right? Is it in like the incredible shrinking woman that she gets covered in some kind of nuclear waste or something that's bright green? I feel like this is a thing that happened mm-hmm. in that era of film. Yeah. It's like an origin story and I really liked it. And then that final shot is Ooh. great. <laughs> How about you, Ariel? Yeah, I really love this one too. And I really liked what you said, Matilda, about horror films made in Appalachia, because you're right that usually it's about sort of inbred mutant mountain folks, right? We don't often get horror movies that dive into the way people are treated in coal mines and things like that. So mm-hmm. that was super interesting. And the horror and, of the disability packet. Yes, yes exactly. The overwhelming disability oh, packet was one of my favorite right. things. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yep, and, yep. and then beyond that, just the body horror. When she first slips into that bathtub and then sort of wakes up and there's stuff growing on her neck and the water is yeah. foamy and weird colors as things are starting to come out of her. Oh, it was very, very effective. And I agree that the way that it kind of goes into a little bit of 80s cheese with the special effects, mm-hmm. I found to be very charming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, overall, this was definitely a top contender for the best one for me too. All right. Awesome. So let's move on to the eighth short, Daughters of Witches. Matilda, tell me about this one. All right, so this one is directed and co-written by Farid Schroeder. She is a Mexican director of Lebanese descent. Oh, 
And her bio is long and very impressive, both in directing award-winning shorts uh, like Mercy Mm. and Oasis, and also in her activism to promote the filmmaking talents of women and underrepresented groups. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. She works with groups like Free the Work and Dear Sisters to do some of that activism. Interesting. That's yeah. so cool. And I feel like you can feel the DNA of that, that, yeah. that sort of thinking in this piece. Yes. Yeah. So this is one of the longer pieces in the collection. And it is about a woman who brings her newborn daughter to visit her family in Mexico and participates in an ancient forest ritual. This one is great. It's a it's a cool little folk tale, and we all know I love folk horror. I know. Yes. I was thinking about. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to really like this one in particular. Did you? Surprise, surprise! I liked the one about the folk horror matriarch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that even though it's a short, there's some really awesome world building in this, and I was fascinated by these women, and I wanted to know more about how they live. There's not a single dude on screen in this entire right. yes and when they're walking through the forest they're like i am a woman she is a woman it's all very mm-hmm. you know female kind of focused right and so that was really interesting to me even though we only got a tiny little taste of it at the end we got that reveal of sort of the the spirit of the person in the woods and that kind of the design of that was really really cool to me with the beak and everything was awesome yeah I thought it was beautiful. I thought I really just loved everything about this and really would have loved to have spent a lot more time in this story. It's a cool twist on the changeling mythology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I saw things I'd not seen before. Right. And I, I love folklore, but sometimes it can get very like Anglo-centric. So to see it kind of a different part of the world, a folk story in a different part of the world was really, really cool for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things I like most about this too, is just seeing folklore from a different cultural perspective because yeah, so often it's set in Europe, you know, but yeah, this one was beautiful to look at too. I mean, the plot is super interesting, but also there are these great shots like this one of birds circling above, like blackbirds, or when all of the women wearing white have collapsed onto the ground and the shot is from above. There's some really beautiful filmmaking here that made me think I want to see a feature length version of this. Mm -hmm. You know, this is another one of those where it feels much like a proof of concept for a larger movie. Mm -hmm. How about you, Tilly? Yeah, I also would watch this as a feature-length film. Um, even the shot early on of all the flies constellating yeah. around that light, I was like, why is this so beautiful? <laughs> it really is, though. And I, I guess that it's like all like flock visual. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I'm like, it's just happening for me right now. So sorry if that's very obvious. No, no. no. Like I'm like, oh, it's like a flock of these moths. It's a yeah. flock of birds. It's a flock, 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 flock. Yeah, but that was the moment <laughs> that I was like, I am in. And Yelita Aparicio, who's the main actor in this, who mm-hmm. also I guess was nominated for an Oscar for Roma. Oh wow! What she does has to do with her face in this short is really. She's so communicative with just yeah. kind of like Elizabeth Moss, like just what yeah. she does with a close shot of her face. is really incredible. So I love this yeah. one. I thought it was beautiful. The scariest part of this to me were all the moments where she was reaching for her child and they kept mm-hmm. finding ways to prevent yeah. her from taking it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where she loses that control over making the choices. And then when she Ooh. finds her baby missing from the little nest, you know, thing uh-huh. that they made for her, mm-hmm. that was chilling too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so good. A good one. 
Let's talk about the ninth short, The Longest Breath. Matilda, tell me about this one. All right. So this one is directed and co-written by Victoria Rivera, who is a Colombian filmmaker living in New York, who just finished an MFA at Columbia Film School. Her 2019 film, Night Swim, won several awards at film festivals, and I need to go find it now, because that totally makes sense to me that she uses water in another place in her filmmaking, Mm -hmm. because her Mm -hmm. ability to capture underwater shots is seriously impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this Short is about a free diver in training who pushes too hard in pursuit of a personal record. Yes, it is. (laughs) This feels like someone just took a nightmare and put it to film. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's another one where I feel like it's definitely a mood piece as opposed to a narrative that just sort of has that punchline to it. Yeah. It made my chest tight. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. Because when you realize that she's stuck underwater and you don't know like up from down and she keeps going back and forth, it's so, it's so scary. Yeah. I know. Have either of you had that experience where you've either been tossed by a wave underwater or you've kind of gone deeper than you thought off a diving board or something and couldn't get your orientation even for a second about like which way the air is? Uh, you know, actually, at my birthday party this year, when I went down the water slide, I didn't take a deep breath before I went in. Oh, no. There was like a split second. It yeah. was a split second, but it felt very long where I was like, I'm not getting to the surface as fast as I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was still great. I mean, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. But I, but I do think it taps into that fear if you've ever had something similar happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know that when I was in high school, I used to do laps at our local community college pool. And it was this giant pool that had a cement bridge that went across the middle, and you had to swim under it. And I had a panic attack one time while I was swimming, and it felt like that bridge just went on forever, and I was never going to get to the other side. So I completely understand that feeling. And it definitely... Oh, made my chest tight too. Because you're right, this is much more of a mood piece, but it's about that moment when it happens and she can't get to the surface, mm-hmm. you know? And in that, I think it's super effective. It makes me think that she would do the horror, scary elements in a horror movie really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also love the way this one builds tension with her ignoring yeah. the employee of the... right. That the, made me angry. <laughs> yeah. Her just ignoring that guy. Yes. So by the time the horrifying thing happened, my shoulders were already way up. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is a pretty quick little short, but it was my my whole body was like tense by the end of it. Yeah, as someone who's like definitely had to try to get people out of a store at the end of my trip, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I, I identified with Amelia a little more than yes. I said. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was right. thinking the whole time like you're such an asshole. Get out of the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Let's talk about the 10th short, Skin Care. Another one that hit a little too close to home. (laughs) This is a struggle. I know. (laughs) Tell me about it, Tilly. All right. So Skin Care was written and directed by Jess Coulter. And this is her first horror short. She has mostly worked in high profile comedic advertising. Like, oh, okay. She's made a Snickers commercial. But she Uh. wanted to look at her own complicated feelings about aging and the programming Uh that women have to contend with. 
Yeah. Well, this effectively does that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, said, I recognized a lot of products on her counter. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it kind of has this like comedic horror thing that was super interesting. And I did want to say the cinematography, which I think is one of the great things about this short is by Bob Yeoman, who is was nominated for an Oscar for his cinematography on the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, oh wow. interesting. Nice. Yeah. Did we say what this one was about yet? I can't remember. No. no. Um, so this short is about a woman who is scared of aging and who and that mm-hmm. fear becomes far scarier when she tries to prevent it with an LED light mask. So I have yes. an alternate title for this one as well. Oh, okay. It is I'm in this picture and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone with a lot of skincare anxiety. This one I was like, I feel very seen and very, very judged. <laughs> I mean, I think that she, the director has talked about that she's kind of in her own thing about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's yeah, clear. Mm-hmm. That is clear. Because, like, the the whole staring in the mirror thing definitely is, like, me on a nightly basis. I'm like, maybe another serum? (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed this one. I think it has a great ending. It goes some places I was not expecting. And, man, I knew that those LED masks were creepy. But I love kind of repurposing it into almost like a slasher killer mask. Because the effect of that red light really highlights how disturbing those things Mm -hmm. are yeah yeah it's great because it gives you that claustrophobic feeling when she can't get it off but then it does become a horror movie mask it's great yeah i mean i you know i love anything about like we're gonna make you beautiful repurposed as um horror Uh Um, uh-huh and this really really does that yeah yeah it, Uh it kind of like punishes the main character a little bit in a way that i I think rode the edge, but didn't go into mm-hmm. like, here's your punishment for vanity. Right, right. Right. Because you're so pushed to have to think about things that way. Cause our society puts so much pressure on yes. us as women. And so the idea that you would be punished for like falling into that trap is kind of shitty, but I don't think it totally goes that way. I don't think so either. And I really appreciated <clears throat> the director's light touch with that yeah. so that it didn't go into, um, a thing that I think Hollywood does sometimes, which is like making fun of women for being concerned about their appearance when of yeah. course they're concerned about their appearance right. because right. they get punished for it all the time. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I agree with everything you're saying, but I also kind of felt like, you know, <laughs> representation matters. <laughs> and like, honestly, like I'm joking, but that is like a thing that I'm experiencing in my life, you know, like where I'm yeah. starting to be like, early signs of aging are happening and like as much as I shouldn't care I am a feminist I I love myself all those things like it is scary to watch your body change Mm -hmm, in ways that you don't want it to change and and I feel like having that kind of fear validated by seeing it on screen was I don't know. I just identified with it. I don't know that I like where it ended up. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) but like I was like, yeah, yeah, that uh, that is a part of my life as a woman that I don't, you know, that I appreciate seeing, like, at least, like, acknowledge that those fears are valid and that yes. there are things that, that you I, yeah. will experience in your life. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Next, I need like lots of menopause horror. (laughs) 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 Not there yet, but I'm going to want it when I get there. (laughs) Well, and I appreciated that this is something about someone who's clearly kind of like having feelings and also like that some of the solutions are actually pretty extreme. Yeah. Right. Like I think American Mary also kind of plays with that a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. And so so it's kind of a really difficult thing. And the director, if you look up Jess Coulter's interviews about this or how she's talked about it, she really feels like she kind of goes back and forth on that line, too, Rachel, right in the way that you're talking about. Right. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Awesome. Well, another really great, great short. Mm-hmm. Let's move on and let's talk about the 11th short, Struck. All right. So Struck is... Written and directed by Nicola Wong, who is a queer director, and she's doing a lot of work and is in a lot of places right now. She currently has a film (laughs) (laughs) called The Passing, touring the festival circuit. She was a 2020 Sundance Fellow and has won many, many awards with her films. She's currently on... Uh, in the works on her first TV series and feature films, so look out for those. And she likes to make films that explore the emotional limits of her characters, which oh. makes sense because she gets right there very fast yes. in this one. <laughs> um, so Struck is about a young woman who has an electrifying out-of-body experience. I mean, that's one way of putting it. From that description, I don't know about you guys, but I was like, okay, she's going to get struck by lightning and she's going to astral project and she's going to go back. We're going to circle back and find out what's going on with the woman she was fighting with at the beginning. But oh, mm-hmm. no. Oh, no, 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 no. No. It goes go a aliens. very different direction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which honestly, I kind of loved, right? Because it was very surprising. I was not expecting to see an alien. And I think the design of it was really cool. And I loved the effect of how it looked in her eyes. I, it's a little, again, another really, really short one. But it, fe- piece, it yeah. felt left me wanting more. Like how Omi left me wanting more. I was like, yes, more mm-hmm. of this, please. Mm-hmm. Why are the credits rolling? no thank you more story (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I too was surprised when the credits rolled because I thought we were gonna get more you know a a little bit disappointed honestly because it is it does create such an interesting mood and I did not see aliens coming I really thought this was going to be something completely different and that's always nice when you're surprised especially when we you know as horror fans we watch so much it's always refreshing to be surprised by something yeah, Absolutely. that's why I love this this whole series is that the whole mm-hmm. thing is an, is just like, it's like the best buffet. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like getting, it's like the very glamorous Vegas buffet where you just get to take tiny little bites of everything. It's really fun. <laughs> no, I really want to go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Not I'm yet. About, I'm, yeah, I know. I'm just thinking about the, the buffet at the win. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Like, and everything <laughs> is like portioned so it's like super tiny but exquisite yeah yes i would like to have like one piece of sushi but also a rib yeah (laughs) (laughs) for breakfast and an ice cream cone that looks like it was made for a hamster yes i want want all those things (laughs) that is how i have my strange out-of-body experience (laughs) (laughs) awesome okay let's move on to the 12th short fountain Matilda, tell me about Fountain. So Fountain is directed by Nick Fackler, who also co-wrote this. He is a writer-director and also a member of an electropop band called Icky Blossoms. 
Oh, interesting. Oh, wow, that's cool. He made an acclaimed movie in 2008 called Lovely Still, which mm. is um, kind of an interesting romance drama starring Martin Landau, Ellen Bernstein, uh, Adam Scott, and Elizabeth Banks. Oh, wow. Jesus, the cast. Yeah. Uh, he also made a documentary in 2013 called Sick Birds Die Easy that appears to be about... Um, a bunch of um, American folks and artists going to Africa to the place that is most kind of like rich with psychedelic medicine. Oh, okay. And the possibly the garden of Eden. So he is, he has some pretty interesting work. Fountain. This one is also one of the longer ones in the collection. I think it runs about 10 or 12 minutes. And it's about two teens in a rural town of the future who are experimenting with a mysterious pill. Yes. Also known as San Junipero, but make it evil. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That may be all we need to say. That really is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this one was really interesting and I liked the concept a lot. I liked it's interesting because it starts off in this very rural setting and it takes really great use of that setting where we see like the rusted out cars and the desolate sort of architecture out in the middle of these fields that is like kind of slowly being reclaimed by nature. Right. Mm -hmm. And then to juxtapose it with this really advanced technology is really interesting. Yeah. Because most of the time when we see future tech stuff, it's all set in urban cities. We don't normally see it in a rural setting. Yeah. It's really interesting to see it basically in the Midwest, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And I loved the way that the tech was presented with the little holes behind their, in oh, their ears. Oh, those were upsetting. Yeah. I did not like that. I was into it. <laughs> this creepy. is my turn. Oh, my God. Matilda, have you put one of those balls on my head? Because I've turned it to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, weird head port. Give- you know why? Because I think it like it c- kind of veers into cyberpunk, which is an area sure. that I'm always going to be yeah. drawn to. I know dystopian future tech is not for you Ariel. i know <laughs> no but i i i i was surprised that the guy with the haircut was not the bad guy in this. what was that haircut it was I so don't weird know, i think that but... was futuristic haircutting maybe like i, I think that maybe yes. was the rural town of the future we were supposed to understand that was the like mullet of the future i mean i guess it was future sort of mullet. party in the front sure <laughs> <laughs> It was like party on the sides, business on the toes. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I thought this one was was cool. I the the lady who was you know on the other end of that technology, really when she starts smiling and then you know does her thing, mm-hmm. I I found it to be genuinely chilling. Yeah, because it it really kind of plays subverts your expectations of this like sweet old lady in a nursing home or something and then you're like oh no she's the mastermind behind all of this Mm -hmm. right it's kind of it it was a a really cool little twist and i thought really creepy like this this definitely does this thing where it like sets you up with specific kind of like visual cues and then is like no 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 no, that's not what we're doing though um and i like that anytime a movie does that how about you guys so this was not my favorite but i surprise (laughs) surprise I found it to be depressing in a way I didn't enjoy, but that's Uh often true for me of near future tech dystopias. I do not care for them. And this one where it's like the 
you know, the horrors of growing old alone and then what you're willing to do to not have that happen to you and to like take back some control in your life. I understand it's it's interesting. It just hits me in an emotional way that I don't enjoy. Mm. So it's nothing against the director or this film necessarily, but it just wasn't my favorite. I also think, and maybe this is just me, but that it got a little confusing in a couple of places exactly what was happening uh-huh. until we got towards the end where it started to make sense again. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't like watching the elders steal the future of the youth <laughs> uh, because it's our reality. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why I don't like this kind of thing. It's too close to reality in a way that I just find upsetting. Yeah, so it's not for me. <laughs> How about you, Tilly? Are you team Rachel or are you team Ariel? Pick a side. <laughs> I feel like I'm actually a little in the middle on this okay. one. Um, because it did have some of those like black mirror elements that I really loved, mm. like the headport mm. and the um the setting was really cool. And I really, really loved the silent um when the elder woman like does her thing and it's totally in silence and it's bloodless because you're with her i thought that was super effective Mm -hmm. yeah but overall there was something kind of self-conscious about this one and a little confusing that i i felt like some of the through line got lost for me at times Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um but overall i liked it a lot nice Mm -hmm. all right cool All right, let's talk about the 13th short, The New Nanny. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about this here joint. Uh, The New Nanny was directed by Bridget Maloney, who is a Los Angeles writer, director, and actor. Prior to The New Nanny, she directed a short called Blocks about a young mother who starts spontaneously vomiting toy blocks. Oh, cool. Which sounds (laughs) rad. Yeah, I want to see that. It was made part of AFI's directing workshop for women and premiered at Sundance in 2020 before playing at over 55 festivals, including South by Southwest. So she's kind of a big deal Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. She also has her master's degree in psychology and specializes in couples and family therapy. That totally makes sense to me. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this, okay, the synopsis for this one is with a little magic, a new nanny helps a non-binary child deal with the bullies and find self-acceptance. So Matilda, as our resident family and helpful uh, therapist, what'd you think of this one? I thought this was very sweet and mm-hmm. very great. It's a solid art therapy. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> solid uh-huh. play therapy in this. Yeah. It was just, it was just a perfect little feel good short. Right. It's a good one to follow up the fountain. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's exactly what I needed. A little pick me up. Yes. Whoever <laughs> whoever ordered these did a good job because I needed a little a little joy and that was lovely. Yeah. What did you yeah. all think? I really enjoyed this one too. It's fun. It's really sweet. It's cathartic. Um, and the, the little relationship between the kid and the nanny is adorable. And then the ending is kind of hilarious. I mean, I love that she blows wind and tosses that kid away and then doesn't know if he's ever gonna come back it's a little bit mean at the end and i'm like yeah "Yeah, okay cool i appreciated that (laughs) that we didn't just see like the kid in the tree like mom you know like i kind of like like maybe she killed the boy yeah (laughs) who knows (laughs) yeah there's a little wish fulfillment in that you know (laughs) it was really fun (laughs) yeah i agree this one is very very sweet there's a couple of moments that really stood out to me, like when she's in the car and he's like, oh, or, you know, they're like, oh, I have a dress on. 
and she's just like right well, do you want to wear it okay cool mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, the, that um yeah especially yeah. with like a little to... kid mm-hmm. especially with right. a little kid mm-hmm. you know right because i think adults need to be reminded sometimes that uh-huh. being supportive and being kind and allowing kids to explore is really important and you can forget that being so jaded you yeah. know and I just love any time you have a little story of like outsiders finding their people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And Nanny is style goals. <laughs> <laughs> when she showed up with like the big picture hat, I was like, and I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, I thought this was sweet. I like this yeah, one. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a fun one. All right, let's move on to the 14th short. Red is the color of beauty. This one is directed by Beck Kitsis. And she is a writer, director, and producer focused on developing emotionally charged social impact stories, which Ooh. is basically when I'm now when I know how to describe the movies that I want. Like when mm-hmm. someone's like, what kind of horror movies do you like? And I'm going to say ones that are focused on developing emotionally charged social impact stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's also a member of the LGBTQIA Two Spirit Plus community. And she was selected for the 2019 Sundance Screenwriters Initiative Fellowship and is a member of Film at Lincoln Center Art- Artist Academy at the 2019 New York Film Festival. Oh, wow. Those all sound very impressive to me, and yeah. I'm very impressed. <laughs> she produces her work through Night Shift, a New York-based film and media collective, which she also co-founded. So she's also a boss. Nice. All right. So synopsis for this one. Just before the mall closes, two women fight over a special necklace. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, this one, uh, this one I'm still kind of processing. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think, first of all, empty malls are super creepy. And I think setting a horror film there is genius. There's a, a shot where the other girl is coming up the escalator and you can't see her yet, but you can see her reflected in the escalator, which is just an awesome shot. Because in the foreground is our, like, sort of lead character totally right. oblivious mm-hmm. and she's about to get jacked. But I'm not totally sure how I feel about the way it talks about beauty and competition between women. So I want to know what you guys thought of this one. So that's kind of where I landed, too, where I don't think I maybe completely understand what the filmmaker was trying yeah. to say by the end of it. And because I don't know... I can't be sure I like it entirely. Either, <laughs> that That's fair. That's there are fair. elements that I thought were really, you know, well done where the, the two women are fighting over this necklace and the way that she changes at the end. And once she gets the beauty in the necklace, how vicious she becomes towards the other woman. But I, I still not settled on what that means. I mean, like I get there's like some aspect of it where the woman that is selling the necklace is the villain of the piece. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, by and by buying into what she's selling, it sets these women up for like weird competition. Yeah, but I still don't totally get it. What about you, Matilda? Yeah, I also like. I I feel like where it ends is troubling mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me. That there's an idea that beauty is something where there's not enough to go around. Yes, exactly. Right, like where there's a scarcity, um, and where it makes women irrational. Mm-hmm. Right. This kind of goes into places that I feel like it can become a moral fable about women being concerned with beauty in a way that blames women. 
Right. I would love to know what the director. Like, yes. Maybe we're missing something because I feel like based on their background information. And I think there's ideas here that are interesting. I would actually love to know more about what what she's saying with this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Saying something like this isn't just an empty fluff like shocker piece. There is something happening here. But I, I am I think I'm missing maybe like a key data point right and i would i would love to read some things about what the director was intending because i think that that could absolutely shift my my feeling about it but i i think that i'm with you that i'm still kind of chewing on it and i watched it twice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just because i I, it was one of the ones i felt like i needed to review because i felt like i Mm -hmm. don't totally feel like i got that one right yeah yeah there's just a little bit of a confusion over the message i think Mm -hmm. it works against it because it, visually, I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I love all the red. The red mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Really, really cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's move on. All right. So let's talk about the 15th short, Free Birth, which, by the way, <laughs> when you broke these up for us, Ariel, thanks for giving me the childbirth one. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I didn't read the titles before I broke them up. Sure, I believe you. <laughs> anyway, this one was directed by Juan Avila, a bilingual Venezuelan writer-director based in L.A. who focuses on gritty and social genre stories set in multicultural worlds. He holds a screenwriting at MFA from the AFI Conservatory and won the William J. Fadiman Award uh, for Excellence in Screenwriting for his crime feature, Bolachicos. Mm, okay. He had directed a, a handful of award-winning shorts and an episode of Ariel's favorite show, The Blacklist. And <laughs> next up, he is uh, turning Bolichicos into a feature film. So more exciting stuff coming from him. All right. The synopsis for this one is a lesbian couple's all-natural birth in the woods turns into a nightmare. <laughs> because, nightmare, to be precise. <laughs> because it is an all-natural birth in the woods. <laughs> The result is in the word. We already knew. That's not a spoiler. You said all natural birth in the woods. (laughs) Name one that goes well. I dare you. (laughs) All right. Sinister lesbians in the woods. Let's talk about it. What did you think, Matilda? So this one took a turn. It sure did. Um, Right into the the Handmaid's Tale. Right into the Handmaid's Tale. And it was like a combination of the Handmaid's Tale and then almost a callback to the unicorn. Yeah. Oh, a little bit. Short. I kind of of wish these two had coordinated so it was the same couple. (laughs) Right? Right? Um, Yeah, I thought it was... I, I did not expect it. Like, when we were going along... With her ch- running from the girlfriend. And mm-hmm. I thought for sure I kind of knew what kind of a short this was. And I was like, okay, right. this is no. not maybe my thing so much, right? It's like hunted woman. Right. Or like woman hunted by partner thing. And then the twist was good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good so twist. As soon as we saw that yurt, I was like, oh, you're in danger, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to the to your partner that was popping tires. You were better you were better off. Yeah. <laughs> As a Northern California born and raised, like uh don't trust hip white hippies in a yurt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't do it. Nothing good happens in a yurt. No help will be found. That's like Anne Rule. Don't follow Anne Rule to a second location. Like don't yes, trust exactly. people in a yurt. 
<laughs> and if she has a flower crown on, run! run. <laughs> and her own photographer, run. Oh, run, run. <laughs> There's so many, like, you know, like how you'll see frogs who are brightly colored and you know it's poison? Like that, all of the things that we're describing are that <laughs> yeah. equivalent for like, you know, wealthy white lady in the woods. Yes. Like, you see that shit? Run. <laughs> right, because she runs into this, like, goop photo shoot, basically, yeah. right? Ooh, yeah, danger. Like, yeah. yeah, danger. Danger. I don't know. What did oh you all God. think? I really like this one, too. I mean... But you were just like, this is a great instruction manual. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I have been present for two home births, but they were in a house, not in the woods Does right that change there was plaster you? and and insulation so it <laughs> was midwives. not weird and midwives too you're not just doing it on your own not just with Did a photographer anyone <laughs> at any point squat on top of the woman in labor that's what i need to know <laughs> no i mean there is a lot of squatting involved in home births oh my god <laughs> it's the most natural and comfortable position to give birth in so uh, I mean, aside from one with an epidural in a bed and medical <laughs> professionals around you. I, yes, correct. Squatting in the woods is the most comfortable. I didn't place. say anything about the woods, man. <laughs> Squat. <laughs> hey, I was born at home and I turned out fine. So just just saying. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the kind of like performativeness <laughs> of this birth that oh, is absolutely. so great. Like the it way that is... this turns. Yeah, it's so great. And I also thought that when you see the tire slashed and she notices yes. it's happening and that's when you realize things have taken a very bad turn. Yes. And then when she has to accept help from her partner, even after that, because a contraction has started, yeah. it's chilling. And then you think, like Matilda said, you know what it's going to be about this woman being chased through the woods by her evil partner and instead ends up with this terrifying other scenario. Yeah. Which was great. And the way it ends with the woman posing with her baby on the front cover of a magazine. Oh, boy. Yeah. And the squatting over her pregnant belly while she's in the middle of labor was very upsetting. (laughs) Very effective. I will say that. At first, I was a little like, ugh, sinister lesbians. Great. Sure. This is not a trope I enjoy. But by the end, it had me. Yeah. Yeah, And that it's kind (laughs) of a pretty great critique of like the unseen like what's unseen in that like sanitized white um like au natural culture yeah right that really fake mm-hmm. natural Gwyneth Paltrow yeah culture, like the whole foods you know? culture yes. <laughs> right like what's who's being hurt who's being unseen who's who's being sacrificed to that yeah it was pretty yeah. great yeah, yeah, and I really capitalizing it. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is another good one. This is another good one. Even with all the birth. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So let's talk about the 16th short. It's Fair Girl, which is not the like larger hairy lesbian tale that I was hoping it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there now. <laughs> don't give me bear girl and then not give me a, a girl bear um anyway so this one is directed by chris moduno who is a self-described new york filmmaker living in los angeles his work is rooted in his strong comedic sensibilities he is also on the roster of the hungry of hungry man productions and has directed several commercials including the untold cam- for the untold campaign for at&t and the tribeca film festival 
Chris teaches screen acting at Stone Treats Studios exclusive Tish Drama Immersive Program <laughs> and screenwriting at New York Film Academy Burbank and in the professional program at UCLA. And wow. perhaps most importantly, he is six feet, five inches tall, <laughs> which is was listed in every single bio I read. What? <laughs> Literally everyone in dudes with get the- over six feet and they really start bragging about that a right. lot. I mean, they start bragging <laughs> long before six feet. Well, yeah, I also, five, ten, pretend. Maybe everybody feet. in Hollywood is so tiny. It's like a mini person that it, yeah. it's notable maybe, to everyone who meets him out. in this contest. Jeez. <laughs> yes, that's probably true. That's fair. We do need to contextualize. It a little bit. <laughs> all right, the like synopsis. Next to Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> he has to be tiny for all my stunts. I enjoy. <laughs> all right, synopsis. Uh, is she a girl or is she a bear? And if she's a bear, should this guy be standing so close to her? <laughs> On one ominous Halloween night, the answers may unfold. Features Snickers in a <laughs> <laughs> and it sure does. All right, yes, so. Uh, what do you guys think of Bear Girl? This one is so weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I this kinda... might be the most odd one in yeah. the bunch, but yeah. I also found it weirdly charming. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, it, it's very strange, and I think I liked it for that reason. Like how it was just like I'm just gonna be weird as yeah. weird can be, but it definitely to me felt much more like a commercial like a fun commercial right. around like a halloween themed fun commercial for snickers that it did a horror short yeah yeah absolutely but i mean if you're gonna have to watch a commercial this is not the worst one to watch it's yeah pretty, i mean it's pretty it, interesting. It, was, it was fun and i liked you know her banging on the trash can and then him finally looking into her eyes and like oh you are a bear Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah this was i think the most absurd of all of them but i was very right, charmed yeah. by it and it, it definitely felt like a comic made it yeah uh-huh yeah like this comes from the mind at the top of six foot feet and five inches <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's interesting it was interesting yeah for an ad you know i'm on board yeah all right, let's get into the 17th. Ooh, the penultimate short, Witch Please. So this one is directed by Tracy Kleeman, who is a director, writer, and producer based in Los Angeles. Prior to Witch Please, she worked on several shorts. She also worked for as the assistant to James Wan on the DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers studio blockbuster Aquaman. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Yep. Yep. She actually spent the majority of 2017 in Australia filming that project. And while she was there, she was able to make some shorts of her own. And next up, she has a feature, I think her first feature, called Claire, about a single mother who is struggling with an opioid addiction and discovers a malevolent being living under their single wide trailer that she must fight to protect her family at all costs. Oh, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Right? It starts out, you're like, ooh, depressing. And then by yeah. the end, it's like, ooh, I'm mm-hmm. watching that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this one is, in anticipation of a first date, an insecure woman, why should I be insecure? An insecure mm-hmm. woman tries the special beauty shake touted by her favorite influencer. So, Ariel, what did you think of Witch Please? Yeah, so I feel a little bit mixed about this one. I think that I really enjoy a lot of the sort of critique of influencer culture. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed the body horror, especially in relation to teeth. Yeah. (laughs) That was very upsetting Mm -hmm. to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
I often have nightmares about my teeth all falling out. And so Mm. I found that to be upsetting. Anyways, I felt similarly to how I felt about skincare, though, where it almost verges into that punishing a woman for trying to stave off old age signs, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. That's fair. Mm -hmm. How about you, Tilly? Yeah, I think I agree with Ariel that this one um, has some very effective stuff. I love anything about teeth coming out um, and that the first teeth are bloody and the second teeth are these like white fake uh, teeth that come out. It's so cool. Um, And it was very sweet, but it, it does rely the ultimate like the end shot does rely on like. It is horrible to be a not beautiful woman. Right. Mm-hmm. With sagging, mm-hmm. a sagging larger body. Um, yes. In a way yeah. that I don't know if that uh, kind of undercut what the director was trying to do. Mm-hmm. With yeah, this. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I love the transformation scene, you know, that it yeah. almost veers into like werewolf transformation territory mm-hmm. with the body like reorienting and the ribs changing and the teeth falling out and the new fangs coming in. And right? the wig Although coming in. this in. case, they're like the veneers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody has those big old chicklays now. <laughs> no, no, no. No, thank you. Uh, oh, my God. But, you know, wig cop was just on high. Alert. I was wondering how <laughs> wig cop did with this. Yeah. I was like, if you're going to tell me that she has had a beautiful makeover, you need to get some like actual like a nice lace front human <laughs> human hair like this is this party city situation is not selling it for me but that is a me preference that's not really a fair critique of the short that is just something that i struggle with because i watch a lot of drag queens and i know that better hair exists anyway um <laughs> yeah i think i think i was i think all of your critiques are totally fair and correct but what saved this for me was those transformations. Yeah. It was yeah, visually, they are pretty, the pretty body great. horror was great. What it has to say about women and what kinds of bodies are acceptable, not so great. Yeah. And the sort of the like twist of the knife of like, you looked great. Why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. You didn't need to do that with the guy. You know, mm-hmm. like he would have liked her how she was. Kind of feels like a little like dummy. You didn't need to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess there is some sort of there is, you can also look at this in the perspective of like love yourself as you are because you are bel- like worthy of love without changing for someone. Right. But only if you were as beautiful as that woman was at the beginning of the movie, even before she transformed. Yeah, I guess that's true. Right. There's that kind of like. Because um... you can't love yourself at the end. Right. That's not part of it. Right. Because now you're kind of clearly horrifying to look at. Right. There's a, it's kind of like, um, it reminds me of things like, uh, like botched plastic surgery websites or things that Mm -hmm. like kind of Mm -hmm. capitalize on, um, let's laugh at women who were taken in by something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's fair. I think that's fair. I was trying to silver line that shit, but, <laughs> but, but knocked it right no, off my but, cloud. <laughs> I mean, I do agree that I would be interested to see something else she did because yes. the body transformation is so spectacular and interesting um, that I think, you know, maybe if she had more time to clarify messages or whatever, it could be something pretty great. So. Yeah. yeah. And I did love the um, the influencer who was like, stay yes, beautiful. Yeah. Like it like it's like a warning mm-hmm. and a curse. 
Yeah. So I do mm-hmm. feel like um, like the intention of this was just a little different than what came out, but I, I yeah. really appreciated the intention of this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. All right. Let's talk about our very last short, the Uprooted. Now, this one was directed by Anne Marie Pace, who is a writer and director raised in Tennessee, but currently based in Los Angeles. She's Mexican-American and bisexual and says she's drawn to stories of identity and discovering your inner truth when you don't just fit into one box. She was also raised in a family of anthropologists, which is fascinating to me, and I would like to get to know her just to Mm -hmm. see what that was like. Um, (laughs) And so she puts a lot of um, import on making sure that she is being very thoughtful about at making sure that her uh, characters are all very authentic to their culture and their truths. And she tries to tell stories that are from a multi multicultural perspective to help bridge kind of understanding. And I think you can kind of see that in this, in terms of the way that this short is cast and like, yeah, you know, the fact that it is like queer women, like right. mm-hmm. definitely it's clear mm-hmm. that there is like a lot of intersectionality that's happening in this short. Uh, all right. So, Uprooted synopsis using a little magic to revive a house plant has unexpected consequences, <laughs> features Skittles integration. <laughs> so, I'll just say right up front I think what the best thing about this, aside from the casting, is that uh, it gets why ET is scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, this one again felt more like, like Bear Girl really felt more like a really fun Halloween time Ad. commercial. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like. You get the holiday ads, and a lot of times they're kind of goofy or whatever. This one's actually, I think, a really solid one. And if it was a commercial, I'd be like, dope, you did that. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's fun and entertaining. And if it was just a commercial, I would be really happy with that. I think as a short, it doesn't quite work as well. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate the the casting, and I think the sort of the way they talk about you know, your magic goes wrong when you try to use it on these sort of small things um, was interesting, but it's so short and there's so much about Skittles that (laughs) (laughs) it definitely reads as a commercial. But did you want to taste the rainbow? That's the question. (laughs) It did. Those Skittles were like shining with color from the floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I kind of loved this. This was like, um, I mean, I love Little Shop of Horrors, and so when that vine, oh, true. Yeah. when that yeah. vine started crawling along like a big <laughs> finger and snapped that skittles up, I was like, okay, I'm into this. Um, and <laughs> and also, at any time, because I grew up with a particular era of special effects, any time women have magic and they start waving their hands and big swirly smoke yeah. comes out, yeah, uh-huh. I'm in. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. I know it's not the most impressive special effect, but it's the one for me, and I really love it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah, uh-huh. and when it she's is. like held by the plant, like I, I, that was a lot more elaborate than I expected. That is true. That is very true. Yeah. All right. So I think we got to say overall, what did we think about all of these shorts together? Did you have a good time? Would you recommend them? What do you think? Let's holistic this. I love them. Um, I just love this, this level of commitment Uh in horror is very refreshing, right? Often the setup in a feature length horror movie is so enormous um, that you lose interest potentially, or you have to fight through something before you get to quote unquote, the good part. 
right? Yeah. And these directors have to do it pretty fast. Um, and so I just love that it's like this little sampler. So I, right. I always watch these around Halloween. I love when I, I watched all the ones from Hulu last year um, from that collection. It was also really fun. So I love things this size. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think bite size is, I, I get that that's Halloween branding, but it's like actually mm-hmm. perfectly describes yeah. what this is. It's yeah. like little tasty treats. Some of them, you know, some of them are Skittles, Skittle, some of them are a Snickers bar, some of them <laughs> border on candy corn. Candy corn. <laughs> but no circus peanuts in the bunch. So. Not a single circus peanut. <laughs> How about you, Ariel? Yeah, I thought this was really fun. You know, I didn't end up watching it last year, and I'm really glad that we took the time to do it this year because even though there were a few that didn't sort of hit me quite in the right way, there were a lot of these that were really good or really Mm -hmm. funny, very entertaining, some interesting ideas. And also there are so many women that they had on the roster this year. I was very impressed Mm -hmm. by that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have these super cool concepts in their shorts. It makes me very curious for us to stay on top of their careers and see what they do next. Absolutely. Absolutely. For me, I feel like sometimes I'm guilty of letting – the busyness of life prevent mm-hmm. me from like getting into the holidays the way that I want to. Yeah. And I thought having a day where I just sat down and just watched a bunch of these, like gave me that good Halloween feeling, you know, like I'm like, I got to decorate. I got to get my shit together because it is Halloween season. And so this is kind of a little bit, even though I know we're doing things for the podcast, like it's all late, like labor of love but labor nonetheless sure and this was just kind of like a moment of like oh yeah it's spooky season yeah it's like a little <laughs> treat and some and the fact that some of them are like more charming than scary but some of them are genuinely scary gives you that whole variety of the season absolutely yeah, absolutely totally. also brought unicorn into my life so yes that. i kind of want to watch that one again right now <laughs> it was so good. it's real good i'm so glad you two like that one that's my i yeah. love that one <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. So for those of you at home, hopefully you had fun with this. Hopefully it gave you those good Halloween feelings. Let us know. You can always drop us a line at Rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're getting your podcasts. Uh, If you're looking for other spooky things to help you get into spooky season, you should check out our video on demand and streaming calendar on the Zombie Girls website. We keep track of all the spooky doings that are on the streamings and the VODs. And right now, homie, there are a lot of them. (laughs) You have a very large selection. Uh, May I I suggest Slumber Party Massacre? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And if you want to get some new spooky gear for this season, why not rock out a new More Deadly t-shirt? You can do that. Uh, Check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And if you love us and want to support us, as always, you can do so by uh, joining our Patreon. Right now it's October, so we have like a very special special going on. Today's, the, I guess, technically the last day. Um, although I might be nice and let some November 1st season, mm-hmm. because you never know with time zones. But for this month only, at the $1 tier, you can get in our Discord, which honestly is our like my favorite perk, right? Um, we're in there all the time we're super active we're super friendly everybody's super cool and would love to get to know you so join our patreon at the one dollar level or above and come hang out or if you're already a patron and you're not in the discord get your butt in the discord it's dope 
And one last thing, if you want to follow us, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at ZG Podcasts, plural. Uh, you can see all of our memes. And uh, if you're already following us, you know that we've been putting these out all month. You never know. You never know what's going to be on <laughs> Twitter. It's very exciting stuff. So, yeah, that's it for us today. Thank you so much, Matilda, for joining us. Thanks for letting so me sit in. Here. Yeah, it was great. Anytime anytime we'd have you on every week if you weren't busy (laughs) (laughs) i was really excited to do this one because these are some of my favorite watches at halloween always are the little all the little shorts that come out when there's so much content at halloween that this just is like the perfect little i feel very accomplished after i've watched them right (laughs) you're like i watched 18 films so i win halloween right and think about like (laughs) when i think about like all the directors i'm so excited to see what's next for them after this type of thing i feel like this is a really cool um way to experience some halloween with low commitment yeah, well, we definitely couldn't have done an episode on shorts without having Matilda because no. I feel like you're their resident shorts expert <laughs> yes, on the zombie. You Girls really Network. are. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, I will give you like one more recommendation, which is to go to Shudder and watch one called White Girl. I just want somebody else to watch it so oh. we can talk about it. It's a oh, British okay. short. Uh, Shudder has started to do some shorts um, every so often. Um, and I get a lot of them recommended to me. If you watch one, they'll all come up in your recommendations. Um, Wait, oh, nice. where you're like that sounds interesting and then it's like five minutes so you're like yes please <laughs> yeah easy white girl shutter I'm looking it up mm-hmm. I'm excited okay cool alright Ms. Ariel why don't you take us out alright guys thank you for listening to this very special Halloween episode of the more deadly podcast we hope you enjoyed our little bite sized mini reviews and we'll be back next time with some other cool stuff bye, bye. everyone Bye. Bye.